part five of episode five of the Climate Alarm Clock. I'm Anna Pringle, and I'm delighted to be bringing you a new feature this week, our first culture feature. From time to time, we'll be looking at how climate change shows up in music, film, books, and how artists and culture can help us make sense of what's going on. I'll be joined by Kaylee Crossan. She's a climate journalist and editor of greennews.ie, and Kaylee's going to share her thoughts on some of her favourite books and films with us. We're going to start this week chatting about Don't Look Up, the hugely successful Netflix movie that was released in late 2021. It's a satirical black comedy that imagines what might happen if the Earth is threatened by a comet. Adam McKay, who directed the film, has made it very clear that it is a metaphor for climate change. Since its release, it has become a cultural reference and a touchstone for climate change activists. Here's a clip from the trailer. This is not real. This is not real. This isn't happening. Kate, uh, tell me this isn't really happening. I hear there's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet is what we call a planet killer. At this exact moment, I say we sit tight and assess. Sit tight and assess? Sit tight. And then assess. The sit tight part comes first, then you gotta digest it. That's the assessment period. So, Kaylee, you're very welcome to the Climate Alarm Clock. We're delighted to have you. Most people might have seen Don't Look Up by now, but we're looking forward to hearing your take on it, Kaylee. How did you respond to it, and how do you see it connecting to some of the important issues about climate change? Thanks so much for having me. Um, I think if I remember this correctly, it was one of the top three most viewed Netflix items ever, which was wild. It has a star-studded cast of like Leonardo DiCaprio, Meryl Streep, Jennifer Lawrence, Timothy Chalamet, like just an incredible cast. I think, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but like it's been such a split reaction um, of what people make of it. I watched it with my mom um, on my parents' couch. And normally I wrote about this in a column for the Green News, but normally like when I watch something, I like am at complete still attention and I don't talk throughout the entire thing. And I was just like every 10 minutes, I was like, that's so true. Oh my God, that's genius. Or just kind of feeling these moments of catharsis. And I know a lot of people who work in the field have been saying that that's definitely what it is. I mean, it's a satire and it is, understandably people have pointed out that it is not a perfect parallel. Like the premise of it is that it's a comic, a comet hurtling towards earth. We have six months to stop it. That's not really the case. Um, obviously with climate change, it's uh, Kate Marvel has this great line of, it's not a, it's not a cliff you fall off of. It's a slope you slide down. So the time scale is different. There's a lot of centrality of the role of the United States in it. It's not really a global picture. Um, there was also, I've read a couple of reviews that pointed out the fact that there's not like an industry to point to necessarily like there would be with climate and fossil fuels. So it's not by any means a perfect metaphor, but I think it's a really good starting point. So as a climate journalist, did you feel at all defensive on behalf of journalism when you were watching it? Because one of the one of the themes in it is that uh, mainstream journalism just doesn't know how to cope and, and doesn't and trivializes the news um, of impending doom. So as a journalist, how did you feel about it? I think as a journalist, because this has been my beat now, I've just celebrated my three-year anniversary of being a climate reporter. I think to me, it was very validating of knowing that this is such an important story. I mean, George Monabo for The Guardian wrote a column where he, it was a searing critique of the media. And he, he was saying that like one of the main 
points of the whole film was about the media cycle and the news cycle. So, I mean, I think it pointed out through satire and through humor, a lot of the problems with the news cycle around this issue. Um, and again, by doing that through the metaphor of a comet, rather than explicitly naming it, I think it gave people more like mental fodder, if that makes sense. And what did you make of the polarized reaction to it? Like, so a lot of critics were very critical of the movie and and yet all, a lot of climate activists and, and climate journalists like yourself were, as you said, vindicated. Um, so what did you make of that polarized reaction to it? Like, I mean, again, to cite George Monaboe, like he was um, saying in his column that like it's because it's critical of the media and that's why the media had that reaction. I don't know. I mean, I think like, I'm really curious to speak to more people who don't work in this field and hear what the reaction was to it, because I find the more that I speak to people who work in the area, whether as a journalist or as an activist or in like a think tank, for example, like everybody seems to have the same reaction was that this was just a massive sigh of relief that like tension released in their shoulders. And I just think that's such a beautiful thing that cinema can bring people. Um, So I'd be curious to kind of maybe see if people weren't familiar with the area, what they thought about it. Oh, you said you watched it with your mom. Is that right? Yeah. What did she think of it? I don't want to give away too many spoilers. I mean, I'm assuming that people listening to this have seen it. So if you haven't already seen it, put your headphones down for like 30 seconds. Um, But the ending of it, she was like devastated by and was like, oh, like I really thought that that was going to it basically does not give a lot of hope for collective action, let's just say, with the ending. Um, and my mom, I remember, just was like, well, that was some treat to watch over Christmas and, you know, was a bit annoyed that I had picked it, I feel. But I think, like, and I wrote about this when I was reviewing it myself, I have a complicated relationship to hope, and I think a lot of people who work in this area do, because a lot of times it's, like, something that's thrown on at the end of a piece of culture of, like, but, you know, you have to have hope and it'll all work out okay in the end, that's definitely not the message that we're left with at the end of this film. So for me to have that kind of like recognition of like, there's a very now famous scene in that movie of like Leonardo DiCaprio, just like losing it on screen and like ranting and and screaming about the scale of, of what's coming down the road. Would you please just stop being so pleasant? I'm sorry, but not everything needs to sound so goddamn clever or charming or likable all the time. Sometimes we need to just be able to say things to one another. We need to hear things. Look, let's establish once again that there is a huge comet headed towards Earth. And the reason we know that there is a comet is because we saw it. We saw it with our own eyes using a telescope. I mean, for God's sakes, we took a fucking picture of it. What other proof do we need? And if we can't all agree at the bare minimum that a giant comet the size of Mount Everest hurling its way towards planet Earth is not a fucking good thing, then what the hell happened to us? And like, rather than see that as despair for me, I was like, oh, okay, well, at least we're talking about this being the reality of the situation, even though it's a it's a metaphor that doesn't draw perfect um, comparison. But I just... I felt like it was catharsis and recognition of what we're in, where I think like for my mom, she was just kind of like, where's the hope, I feel, was what she felt was lacking. And and what impact do you think a film like that can have, Kaylee? I mean, would, what impact would you hope it could have longer term? So longer term, I was thinking about this of, 
I would imagine the fact that it did so well like commercially on Netflix, I would imagine we're going to see more filmmakers take a, take a stab at it as a topic. I think what's tricky about climate change as a subject is like uh, Dave Roberts reviewed this in for Volts for his newsletter. And he was talking about how in the past there's been so many obstacles to doing like a good film or a good piece of culture around climate. I think the key to it is like there were other plot lines going on in that story. There were like love stories. There was Leonardo DiCaprio's character struggling with fame. I think like the ubiquity of disaster in that film showed it, it kind of had a reflection of the fact that like people's lives continued in whatever shape that took in the face of that disaster. And I think that's something that when you can get down to that human level and have that story embedded within a larger catastrophe, I think that's what seems to reach people. A point that Dave Roberts and I believe other, other people have made about this film is of it not being a perfect metaphor. Like, again, it creates this idea of like a binary of like apocalypse or not. And I think that's something that I'm going to be curious to see filmmakers try to explore going forward, because obviously for the sake of a narrative, like the idea of a six month time frame, and there's a very clear like plot point where it's either like incineration of the earth in the case of the comet or not. I'm curious to see how filmmakers are going to capture the reality, which is that people who have contributed the least amount to this are going to feel the worst effects of it first. And the fact that like, to go back to that Kate Marvel quote that just like guides so much of the work that I try to do of that climate change is not a cliff you fall off, it's a slope you slide down. And so I hope that kind of the culture that we see come out in the next five years, 10 years can find a way to tell that nuanced story. Thank you so much, Kaylee. That was Kaylee Crossan from Green News. If you're one of the few people who hasn't seen Don't Look Up, this is definitely a recommendation. It's well worth watching and very funny in parts. Kaylee will be back with us soon to chat more about music and books. One final clip from Don't Look Up. We saw an eerily similar scene play out in real life recently when a young activist in England appeared on Breakfast TV and got a similarly condescending response. Our guests today have made a pretty big discovery in space. How big is this thing going? I can't destroy my ex-wife's house. Is that possible? <laughs> There's a 100% chance that we're all going to die. Hey, hey, Well, the handsome astronomer can come back anytime, but the yelling lady, mm, not, so not so much. Here's to all the yelling ladies out there. We need more of them. And before we go, a big shout out to Sarah Talabi, a young woman who told reporters where to go when they asked her if she was dating one of the stars of Don't Look Up, Timothy Chalamet. When reporters asked her if she kissed Timothy, she said, great question. But a better question would be to ask world leaders why they're not tackling the climate crisis. Go, Sarah. We approve. That's it for this week from the Climate Alarm Clock. We'd love to hear what you thought about Don't Look Up. You can let us know what you think on Insta and Facebook at Climate Alarm Clock and on Twitter at The Climate Alarm. And then please remember to like and subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about it too.